Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. You get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. You get three magazines mailed to you before they hit newsstands, including our legendary summer edition. And you get a year of access to Dave Campbell's Texan Live, our streaming service where you can watch thousands of live Texas high school events, including hundreds of live Texas high school football games. It's all part of a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscription. Get your today at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. Look for it at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Potter, Executive Director of Be Well Texas. Too many people are struggling alone these days and alcohol and drug deaths are increasing. We started Be Well Texas to offer high quality, science-based addiction treatment and recovery services anywhere, virtually or in person. In many cases, there is no cost for treatment or medications if you don't have insurance, really. Welcome to Be Well Texas. We're glad you're here. Visit BeWellTexas.org. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by BCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit vcrnow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes. The Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show fading in. My name's Craig Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you'll listen to the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. At least I'm making us sound good because I sure am not making us look good. Well, I, I'm not helpful with that either. Yeah, so true. Today, it... I'm all over the place. Today is Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. It is 65 days until Thanksgiving. Happy 75th birthday to Jeremy Irons. All you right. know who Jeremy Irons is? I do not. Jeremy Irons is many things. He is a spectacular actor, but more importantly... He was the voice of Scar in The Lion King. Oh, wow. That's a... He's, he does a lot of voiceover stuff. Yeah. Because he's got a kick-ass voice. Uh, but I am... I, 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 I think he's been in a bunch of, like, superhero movies, I think. But the biggest thing for me is he was the voice of Scar uh, in, uh, in, in The Lion King. I love The Lion King. That's up there on my list and of, like... You want to talk about... You want to talk about a villain... Yeah. Scar. Yeah. He was the epitome. And the voice was spot on. Oh my gosh. It was so good. Like you can like 
you can hear that hear, voice yeah, right now, yeah. like in your head. Yeah, and especially like as a kid watching it, he seems scary. You know, like Absolutely. it hit exactly how it was supposed to hit. Like I used to be scared of Scar. I like the second Lion King better when I was a kid because it was like a little bit nicer. Yeah, you know? it wasn't like as, the first yeah. one was scary. Or fr- is that backwards? No, no, no. Lion King, yeah. one, Lion King one had Scar in it, Scar, and that yeah. was like. It was I creepy. mean, he's like the, and then the the hogs or the oh, yeah. the javelinas. Yeah. Were, what Wait, were no, they? you mean the hyenas? Hyenas. The hyenas. Got there. Eventually. Javelinas are. You're thinking of Poom. You're mistaking Pumbaa, who was the the warthog. He's the warthog. But he's friendly. Yes. Great, great cast in that too, because that oh, had yeah. uh, that had um, Nathan Lane as Timon, right? Yes. Yeah, I like Timon. Good stuff. Anyway. Happy birthday, Jeremy Irons. It's episode 1,653. On today's show, folks, we're going to talk a little North Texas Mean Green. Let's go. With Mm -hmm. the host of The Green Room on the Republic Football Podcast Network, Matthew Bruni will join us. We'll talk a little bit about uh, their big win over what feels like a really important win over Louisiana Tech. Then we'll be joined by the Hall of Famer, Craig Way as we are every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today, talking high school football uh, across the state of Texas. Then back half the show, we'll roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. If you stick around, you can see what the best plays across the state were. So make sure you stick around for that. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was uh, John Deere, Anthony Blaylock. The John Deere? I'm going to assume yes. Nick Morton and Tony Blaylock. Welcome in, fellas. Mr. Deere, can I borrow some money? Yeah. Because I feel like you're doing okay for yourself. Yeah. Can I give my parents, like, a cool tractor? Right. They would love me forever. Like, Christmas is, you know, we got to start looking out for Christmas. Yeah, we do. Because we are a little bit busy during that time of the year. So, uh, the quicker I could get a tractor down to Kingsland, Texas, the better. So, Mr. Deer, (laughs) slide into the DMs. That would be great. Uh, we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. I hope you'll consider going to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. Pickle, the college football weekend has come and gone. Week three of the college football weekend. That doesn't make any sense. Season. And one team got a very, what feels like a very important win. Uh, And here to talk about it is that is the host of The Green Room on the Republic of Football Podcast Network, our North Texas podcast. It's our friend Matthew Bruni. Matthew, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's good to talk about a a win, like you said, a win this weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this would be a very different conversation if uh, if Saturday didn't go the way that it, that it worked. Uh, North Texas pulls out, goes to Ruston, gets a forty to thirty seven win over Louisiana Tech to get their first win of the Eric Morris era. Uh, I sat in my room as a non North Texas grad just a guy who kind of covers them and thought that feels like a really big win for north texas did it feel like a w- big win for north texas to you and and kind of the north texas illuminati writ large <laughs> yeah um i know you have a lot of a great north texas representation over there Caw. um Caw. um <laughs> but yeah this was we went into this game saying this was pretty much um 
for better for better or worse, I mean, this season to a degree. If our, the only hope of them getting to four or five wins, I think, hinged on this game. They had to show that they were willing to a go to Chandler Rogers mm-hmm. at quarterback and b um, have some consistency on both sides of the ball. And you know, on the road against Louisiana Tech, who Louisiana Tech's not a great team, but Louisiana Tech did beat FIU, who just beat North Texas. So coming off the FIU game where you were ten point favorites and you lose like that this was kind of a make or break game and you know, they almost choked it away at the end, uh, gave up an onside kick and then a touchdown and sent it to overtime. But uh, yeah, they, they pulled it out. Um, I'm sorry, not overtime. They won at the buzzer, but yeah, I felt like the game never ended. Uh, this was, you know, a lot of the talk around Denton has been around the quarterback situation. You mentioned that Stone Earl started the first two games, uh, both losses. And then this past week uh, they turned to Chandler Rogers. Um, I know you've been locked in on on every snap of of North Texas this year because of uh, your your hosting of the Green Room on the Republican Football Podcast Network. What for for those who haven't watched every snap, what is from your perspective the biggest difference between what we saw from the quarterback play in the first two games and what we saw uh, on on Saturday? Yeah, Chandler Rogers is just an extremely more comfortable quarterback you see the starting experience uh for those who don't know he came over he was a starter at louisiana monroe last year uh the past two years and he i mean he really made that team competitive um in a sunbelt that as we know is is very talented so uh he went into games with less talent and oftentimes uh, if you go watch his game against texas last year i thought he was really really good so we knew what we were getting out of him uh, coming to North Texas. That's why it was so surprising when Stone Earl won the job. And it seems like won the job really just in fall camp in those first three weeks. Uh, Stone Earl was on the team last year, uh, was was second or third stream, really was just a wildcat quarterback type. Um, Obviously, he stays um, with the coaching change, but he's not – nearly as um, smooth of a passer. I don't think he sees the field as well. He can run, but Chandler Rogers can run as well. There, it really didn't make a whole lot of sense, and it still doesn't make a ton of sense why how Stone Earl won the job. Um, even media that's on site every single uh, practice or you know press conference didn't really understand it. So, you know, you take the loss against FIU and Cal, but it seems like they've they've figured it out, and Chandler Rogers is is good to go now. Talking with Matthew Bruni, the host of The Green Room on the Republican Football Podcast Network. Talking a little North Texas football here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation in the hashtag TF Today. Uh, on this offense, I want to stick on the offense here for, for just a moment. Um, th- is there somebody on this offense that has surprised you? That, that maybe you didn't think was going to be such an important part of this offense so far, uh, but, but has stepped up? Is there somebody that springs to mind? I don't. I don't know if there's been a surprise. I, I knew, knew we knew coming in Jamori Macklin at receiver and Rod Burns. At, like those two receivers would be their top players, and so we. That's been pretty much how it's gone. Now with Chandler Rogers, they've been able to get the ball to more players. Uh, Trey Cleveland, the transfer from Texas Tech, Damon Ward, returner. Those guys have gotten a few more catches. Um, and at running back, we all know about the running back stable they have with a day and Attaway and um, Johnson and guys like that. So. I don't know if there's been a surprise. Uh, really, the quarterback position has been the position with 
really the only turnover if you look at it from from last year. Obviously, Jair Shorter ends up going to uh, to Auburn, and um, you know they lose a couple tight ends in the portal as well. But everybody else is pretty much a returning player, so it's been largely hinged on the quarterback position. But I think the receiver room has proved over the past couple of weeks that they're also formidable. There is an, an elephant in the room about North Texas, um, and it is on the defensive side. This is a team that has uh, allowed 543 yards per game. That is the most in uh, FBS. This is a team that is allowing 47 points a game. That is the most in FBS. Um, certainly, like, you know, Cal is a Power 5 team, uh, certainly, um, and, and a team that, that you know, I, I don't necessarily think there's a whole lot of shame in that. But these last two games, you know, giving up 46 to FIU and then 37 to Louisiana Tech. What is the level of concern right now about this North Texas defense? Um, it's it's incredibly high, I'd say. <laughs> it's a very, very high. But and the funny thing is through one quarter of Louisiana Tech, it seemed like they kind of figured it out. They went to more of a four man front, which really helped them stopping the run, which through two games was the Achilles heel um, far and away, them be- not being able to stop the run. FIU and Cal both just ran all over them. Um, so they went to a four-man front. That helped against Louisiana Tech. And then as the game wore on, they kind of reverted back to what they were the first two weeks. Cal started figuring some stuff out. But, I mean, they go into the fourth quarter um, against Louisiana Tech, only have given up 14 points. Mm-hmm. And then the wheels just kind of fell off, and Louisiana Tech got smoke hairs free and some other guys and scored 23 points in the fourth quarter. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I think they're starting to figure some things out. You know, it's a new coaching staff, as, as is the case, case with any uh, new coaching staff. It's like you're going to learn and you're going to figure out what works with this personnel and what doesn't. This is a new defensive coordinator, new defense. I don't know if it really fits the personnel they have, but you know they're they're going to figure it out, and we'll see. I think they at least learned something in that Louisiana Tech game. I think they took away some positives. Uh, and and finally, you know, looking forward to the schedule again. An open date this week before they welcome in uh, Abilene Christian. Um, theoretically, it should be two and two coming out of that. Right now, where you sit, coming off of uh, an exhilarating win on the road at Louisiana Tech, and heading into next week a game against uh, you know an FCS opponent in in Abilene Christian. Before you really get into the meat of of uh, American Athletic Conference play, what what is a, what is your reasonable expectation for how the the rest of this North Texas season should play out, and as far as you're concerned? Yeah, if if we you know give a win against Abilene Christian, I know Abilene Christian is definitely not a bad team. Mm-hmm. Hung with Incarnate Word this past week. Um, you get into the AAC, and the first two games, I think we'll we'll know a lot about this North Texas team and how they fare in conference with Navy on the road and Temple at home. Two game, um, two games where I'm not sure if they'll be favored. They'll probably be underdogs in both games, but I think two games where they're going to be competitive and we'll have to see. I think they need to pull one of those out, Navy and Temple, because after that you get to what we've dubbed the stretch of death, which is Tulane, Memphis, UTSA, and SMU. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't feel like at this moment they're going to win any of those, but who knows? You know, UTSA hasn't looked great. Memphis just struggled with Navy. So, um, but yeah, I think the first two games are pivotal. And then at the end of the season, they end it with Tulsa and UAB, who, like I said, I think if you get one of those games, I think UAB has been really down. So, I would look at it right now as my reasonable expectation is four wins. Um, I think there's a shot that can get to five. 
I do think that FIU loss just really comes back to hurt them by the end of the year, though. Um, if you win that game, I think we're looking at this season in a, di- in a different lens of potentially, you know, getting to six wins instead of the ceiling being kind of at five. He is uh, Matthew Bruni. He is the host of the Green Room on the Republic of Football Podcast Network and, by the way, contributed to Dave Campbell's Texas basketball. I know you're hard at work on that, too, right? Yeah, just finished it. Just sent it over. Um, so I hope y'all y'all love it. And I know there's nothing wrong in the four thousand words that I. It's <laughs> all perfect. We've already checked it over. Gave it a once over. Absolutely perfect. Matthew Bruni, appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, take care. Yeah, thank you all for having me. There you go, Matthew Bruni, host of the Green Room on the Republic Football Podcast Network. Uh, if you want your fix of North Texas, it's him and Colin Mitchell uh, who give you the uh, the North Texas uh, scoop. Uh, a much happier episode this week. <laughs> Yeah, much no happier um, yeah they how are you feeling north noted north texas man it, stand? It's, okay let me preface it with it is very good to get a win it was a much needed win a win is a win you yes. put it in the win column they looked so good at the very beginning of that mm-hmm. game i watched the whole first half it looked great i was feeling good i felt like okay the rest is off we found the answer at quarterback and then they found a way to almost give it away <laughs> So in typical fashion, they almost broke my heart. Um, but that being said, a win is a win. Carry that momentum going, and let's see yeah. if we can just go out there and get, like, a good win now. <laughs> Open date and then Abilene Christian, which, you know, Bruni mentioned it. They're not They're not bad. No. Abilene Christian, this is not a pushover. Right. Um, but, I mean, I honestly, I look at their schedule. Abilene Christian, Navy, and Temple, uh, you should at worst – be three and three after those three, after these next three games. Like really, you should be. You should win two of those because I, I do not think Navy's all that good. No, I do not think Temple's all that good. No. And then you know, Abilene Christian. Those are three winnable games. Yeah. And if you have any hopes of a bowl game, right? Mm-hmm. And he's right. The FIU game's a killer. Oh yeah. Um, if you have any hopes of a bowl game, knowing he's right, that stretch of Memphis, UTSA, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Tulane, Memphis, UTSA, and, and SMU, that's brutal. But you finish at Tulsa and against UAB. Those are two winnable games. Yeah. Bowl eligibility is there. Is there. Even without a surprise. I think if you play to your paper, you've got an opportunity to make a bowl here. But I'm very, that defense has got to be better. I'm very interested to see what a crowd looks like at home against mm-hmm. ACU because you are coming off of technically a win. It's a Saturday night. It's a Saturday night game in Denton. But the last time that fans were in that stands, you got absolutely clobbered by Cal. And ACU is not necessarily a super flashy opponent when it comes to getting butts in stands. So really interested to see what the crowd looks like there for North Texas. Anyway, we appreciate Matthew Bruni. Listen to his fine work on The Green Room on the Republic Football Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Coming up, or follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. I got ahead of myself. Coming up, follow us on Instagram. I, ju- I just got really excited because coming up, we're going to talk with Craig White, the Texas High School Two Football ways. Hall of Famer, in just a moment. That's after these words from Goods and Services. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loved doing business with fellow Texans. 
VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 855- Go VCR Now. Again, that's info at VCRnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. I'm Jennifer Potter, Executive Director of Be Well Texas. Too many people are struggling alone these days and alcohol and drug deaths are increasing. We started Be Well Texas to offer high quality, science-based addiction treatment and recovery services anywhere, even at home. We provide compassionate, caring support virtually or in person. In many cases, there is no cost for treatment if you don't have insurance, really. Welcome to Be Well Texas. We're glad you're here. Pickle, it's Tuesday. Tuesdays. That is when we get on the phone and we call our friend, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, the voice of the Texas Longhorns, the host of the Craig Way Show on AM 1300 The Zone in Austin. It's our friend, Craig Way. Craig, one question and one question only. How was your birthday? Uh, It was dense. Uh, (laughs) You know, and and what I mean by that is it had a lot to it from... Uh, the football game itself on Saturday to a full meal on Sunday complimented by Linda making me her uh, devil's food cake that contains Guinness stout in it. It makes for a very dense cake. So yes, it was a, it it was a dense birthday, not dense in terms of lack of intelligence, although folks can draw their own conclusions (laughs) there, but it was, it was fun. Man, I'm not much of a sweets person, but you might've just got me with the cake. I was going to say, no, look, you don't mess with Linda. Yeah. Like Linda's the way you want on your side. That sounds like it really. Craig, we can take a leave. Um, uh, Craig, the, the, the week four of the Texas high school football season has come and gone. One of the, one of the, the conclusions that I drew from uh, week four was that this was a week where a lot of teams we don't normally get a ton of data points on, we got really good data on, uh, and I think largely in the positive. Teams like Gunner, teams like Newton, um, uh, teams like I would say Albany to a certain extent with what their win over over Hawley, um, Mart uh, a big win over over Centerville. Centerville. When you take a look at the at the landscape coming out of Week Four of the Texas high school football season, I'm, I'm interested in what your big takeaways were uh, after the action. I think probably as much as anything is that uh, a lot of the schools that we thought 
would deliver. We just didn't know how they would deliver. And like you said, the Gunner Brock thing was nothing short of most impressive in the way that Gunner went about its business against a good team from uh, up a division. We've learned about Gunner that doesn't necessarily matter that much. And we've learned that about Mark as well with uh, what they did in their game against Centerville. So there's certain programs that uh, Refurio is another one that can step up against a team from a higher division or even a higher classification and deliver. So those things, the fact that they can do it impressively, I think is is what stood out to me probably about as much as anything. We had we had some uh, a few eyebrow raisers, but by and large, it was a week that delivered what we thought it probably would. Uh, so now it's on to week five of the of the Texas high school football season, and there's I know one big game down there in Austin that everybody's got their eye on, uh, and it's the Battle of the Lakes, a top ten matchup in in the Austin area between Westlake and Lake Travis. Matt Step and I were discussing this last night on our podcast, which you can listen to on TexasFootball.com, about how this particular, despite it being a top ten matchup, and despite it being a matchup of unbeaten teams and rivals, this year's game. From our from where we sit, doesn't have the same kind of buzz and electricity that it normally does going into the Battle of the Lakes. Um, a, would you agree with that assessment that this is a little bit more of a um, a little bit more? I don't want to say ho hum because it's still a huge game, uh, but a little bit more uh, downplayed right now. And also, do you do you have any sort of idea as to why you think that may be the case? Yes, yes, and yes mm-hmm. across the board. I agree. Uh, with you and and Matt on this, I, I think uh, part of the reason I think that this particular Battle of the Lakes, and again, folks can look at it and say, wait a minute, doesn't this check all the boxes? It's two traditional powers, two unbeaten teams, and they're arch rivals. Why would that not drive all kinds of buzz? You look at uh, what Jerry Forrest says in the in the computer. I think Westlake favored by six or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's like, why wouldn't it check the boxes? Well, here's some supplementary reasons I'll give you. One, how much do we really know about them? Mm-hmm. Both have, I would say, submit to you one impressive win. Uh, Westlake uh, beating what's turning out to be a pretty good Ridge Point team, I think, in week one and doing it on the road. And Lake Travis knocking off, I think, a pretty good steel team. Otherwise, it was teams they were probably supposed to beat and beat handily. So there's that. So there's something to be said also for the downplay of an arch rivalry game that is very early in district play because mm-hmm. we're still kind of in the information gathering stage on a lot of teams and, and we prefer our hated bloodbath arch rivalry games to be late in the season don't mm-hmm. we if not the last weekend certainly near the end and it used to be that way with uh, Westlake and Lake Travis now they've been playing early in district play all right so uh, and I and, and if you talk to the coaches if you talk to Tony Salazar and if you talk to Hank Carter they will both tell you that's probably the way they like it because whoever takes the loss out of this thing still has plenty of recovery time and can kind of gather momentum before you get toward the postseason anyway. So there's that. I'll give you another outside the box reason. There's a college football team in this town that's doing really well. Mm-hmm. And that it's the first time that Texas has been 3-0 and in 11 years. They haven't been 3-0 and since 2012. So a lot of what might be 
casual fan interest that would gravitate over to it to uh, over toward a Westlake Lake Travis matchup might be a little more distracted than normal because the local college team's doing well. So I, mm-hmm. I think all of it, I, there's no one overriding factor. Here's the reason why this game still doesn't carry quite as much buzz as it has in some recent, but I think all of those things together. And then it was like, Oh yeah, this week is battle for the lake. You know, it's, it, it's that kind of response. Not that it's a negative. It's just kind of like, I've been thinking about some other things and they haven't, you know, uh, captured my attention as much as they normally do. And now there's this game. But but I think it will ratchet up, certainly as this week progresses leading up to the game itself, which I do think could be a really good game. I thought the college team you were referring to was the, the Pirates of Southwestern, who are off to a as it tough, tough, tough start. But we're going to rally. We're going to rally here yeah. in, in Georgetown. I agree. Uh, it's I, I agree. Craig Way, the Texas High School Hall of Famer, joining us here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. All right. There is a result from last week that I want to ask you about because I think it has uh, there it, it's it's I've bought it's boggled my mind for now about three days running uh Craig way what do you make of Leander Rouse 28 Liberty Hill 17 because I have run it through my brain about 60 different ways and I don't know what to make of of that particular result uh I think uh, Josh Mann was able to use Liberty Hill strength against them, and that is a running clock uh, mm-hmm. and make it more difficult with the way that Liberty Hill runs the ball. And if you can limit some possessions and get a few stops and meanwhile have your own offense connect, and Liberty Hill, as we've seen, gives up points. They've given up points, mm-hmm. even in victories. So if you can do that, then you have a chance to get them uh, on the ropes. It, it certainly doesn't mean Coach Walker's team is not going to be up to snuff this year. I do think they will. But uh, I think those were the things that stood out to me about what Rouse achieved in that game. I was pretty impressed with what he what he did in terms of their defensive plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if you can get a couple of stops with what you're going with what you're going with that, I think I think you've got a chance to you know, to make a statement, and I think that's what they did. Yeah, Liberty Hill might be the only team in America that runs the slot T that were like, yeah, you really got to shorten the game against those guys. Uh, you know, <laughs> don't let them on the field. Keep you just got to make sure you get some stops. That's <laughs> the thing. Stop. Uh, some, some empty possessions. It might be, Tep, a four-and-a-half, five-minute drive. Mm-hmm. But if they come away empty-handed, then they've accomplished nothing, and they've shrunk the game a little bit. Uh, all right, Craig, it's time for the meanest thing we do to each other each week, and that is uh, to to make you teleport to a game. Now, I'm going to take the obvious one off of the board. Lake Travis and Westlake, I think, is the obvious choice. We all acknowledge it. There's that. I'm going to take that off the board. I'm going to give you three games. You can You can teleport to one of them this week. You can either teleport... To the reservation, as they call it in Port Natchez, as Fort Ben Marshall visits Port Natchez Groves in a District 9-5A Division II opener, you can teleport to, let's say, Waxahachie for DeSoto and Waxahachie in an 11-6A game, a matchup of unbeatens, or you can teleport to Edinburgh for PSJA North unbeaten taking on Edinburgh Vela unbeaten. Which of those three places are you teleporting to? Yeah, this is one of those weeks where you are mean. Uh, It's yeah, (laughs) that's uh, I I think probably one of the last. I put it this way: for me, uh, it's got to be 
a show me week for Waxahachie. And they mm-hmm. did do and they did do uh, some showing last week of what they did against Cedar Hill. But they're going to have to show more in order to take out a DeSoto team that, by the way, is a bit banged up. So they're mm-hmm. going to have to, uh, you know, take full advantage of that. But for me, probably I'm I'm going to go with PNG for Ben Marshall. I, this is another one where we're going to see uh, just how good PNG is on uh, the arrival of this game. I'm one of those people who thinks Fort Ben Marshall is good enough to be in Arlington in December. You know what? I say that almost every year. Mm -hmm. And some years they have been, and years like last year, where they got knocked out after they beat PNG uh, and then uh, and got beat by them in, in the rematch thing. So uh, I'm interested in seeing uh, Fort Ben Marshall, uh, Port Natchez Groves, Roman numeral three, since it was twice last year and the once this year, to see how it goes. Finally, Craig, you're heading to Waco this week for Texas and Baylor. Uh, one of the one of the casualties of Texas moving to the SEC is that this game is no longer going to be an annual occurrence. Um, uh, now I know you'll be doing plenty of driving through Waco still. You're, you will still be spending plenty of time there in, in Central Texas. But uh, are you going to miss? going to Waco to watch Baylor in Texas? Uh, I'll tell you one thing I'll miss. I'll miss not getting to call a game in that stadium Mm because it's a lot of fun to call a game in that stadium. Even in the old Floyd Casey Stadium, it it was fun. Do you know this, Tep? This will be the first time in 20 years that Texas has played Baylor in Waco at night. Really? They, they They have not played them in a night game in Waco since 2003. I went back and I checked through all of that. The four games they played at McLean were all there were like three at 11 a.m. and one at 2:30, and uh, that that Ice Bowl game of 2013 when Baylor won uh, the Big 12 championship when they beat Texas that actually started at 2:30. Just seemed dark the whole day, and uh, it, you have to go all the way back to 2003 to find a game in Waco where Texas and Baylor had an evening kickoff. That's how long ago it's been. So yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Obviously. I'll miss it. There's basketball still to come. Both the men's and women's teams will play in Baylor's new arena that will open in January. But, yes, I will definitely miss it. He's Craig Wayne. He's the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. Uh, hear him uh, this afternoon on the Craig Way Show on AM 1300 The Zone there in Austin from 2 to 4. I'll be on with him at 320 if you just want more of this banter. Uh, but then see him on High School Scoreboard Live Friday night on Valley Sports Southwest and then hear him on the call uh, of Texas and Baylor on, the, on the, the, the radio. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend, and I will talk to you a little bit later. Hey, and thanks to Pickle and Pickle Dad for uh, tuning in and catching the game last Saturday night as as unexpectedly adventurous as it was for three quarters. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a text from her about that. So, uh, yeah. thanks, Pick- Pickle Dad. We're, Appreciate we're that. sitting on the couch and my dad goes, did he just text you back during the game? I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of relationship you have. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> All right, we'll see you. There he goes, Craig Way, the Texas High School Hall of Famer and good personal friend of Ashley Pickle. <laughs> I want I'm you proud of that. <laughs> I was going to say, I want you to imagine, go back like when you like before you started this job, and now Craig Way is texting you during Texas games. I used to, I mean, I was three years old listening to him, like four, three, four yeah. years old listening to him on the radio every time we would go down on the Texas games. It's wild. Yeah, there you go. It still doesn't It still doesn't sink in. I know. Uh, but now you just text him during Texas and Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, we're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. 
Uh, coming up here in just a moment, the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. But first, let's find out who took home the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Team of the Week Award. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in partnership with Ozarka, is proud to honor one team from each classification with the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Team of the Week Award. The team selected throughout the course of this program have exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Congratulations to this week's recipients of the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Team of the Week Award. We salute you. For more information, visit texasfootball.com. Pickle, it's time to roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. Our friends at Dave Campbell's Texan Live, colleagues, countrymen, they uh, get in the lab, they put together all the big plays from the Texas High School Football Weekend and throw them together in one big Top 10 countdown for your edification. And here it is, the Week 4 Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. Right here, I think it's important that they set, uh, establish a presence on the offensive side of the football, and we'll see if they can get something going besides Kwan Lacey. They've been effective through the air to a choice when they've decided to put the ball up to him. And you'll see Lacey here with the big move on the kick return. Here's Kwan Lacey still on his feet. Down the far sideline, Kwan Lacey. He's going to take it to the house. Touchdown, Lancaster. Kwan Lacey. Wow. Incredible. What? Man in motion. Franklin under duress. Nope, they gave it to Rommel Jordan up the middle. Faked me out, faked everyone out, and a touchdown for the Tigers on third down and goal from the 28. Barry will back up to the 45. it makes a nice move on one defender. Now Barry cutting up to the near side of the field. Daniel Barry turning the corner inside the 20, inside the 10. Trucked out of bounds so they get him in. Touchdown! Wise! Himself. Looking to throw. Pressure coming. Firing in zone. And it is. Caught! Oh, what a catch! A dime throw to Jackson Bolinder for the touchdown. Goal from the nine. High snap play action fake. In the back of the end zone. Did he get a foot down? He did! Touchdown Prosper! What a strike from Tin Barge! Green is quick throw to Micah Hudson, makes one man miss, and a juke move, and Micah Hudson is going to say bye-bye to the Shoemaker defense, 57 yards for the touchdown. Willis takes a snap, looking to his right, fires to his running back, able to reel it in, and he fumbles it, picked up by the Warriors, running down the sideline, room to run, nobody's going to catch him. 20, 15, 10, and that is a touchdown, Martin Warriors. A shot. Has a one-on-one matchup to the outside. Can the receiver pull it in? He does. Oh, my goodness. What an incredible catch. What an incredible catch. Kevin Catteret for the Tigers. Enough to handle the linebackers in secondary. Deerheimer to throw. Over the middle. Traffic. Tip. Off the official. Intercepted. The ball pinballs around. It hit no fewer than two players and an official. And the interception is made. Second two for 23. Makes the kibble inside to Miller. He's looking and I'll figure out where he's going in the second. He's 10 yards behind where he caught the ball. Does get the edge. Got a blocker. Got two blockers. He will keep going. 10, 5, touchdown. And I don't know how to put it to words. That is... There it is. 
the week four Dave Campbell's Texan Life Top 10 Plays of the Week, complete with a ref deflection, complete with a uh, a bobble, like a, a, a rip and score, basically, Temple and Arlington Martin, some incredible catches, and then, uh, and then Draylon Miller doing things. I want to say Draylon Miller is averaging like 36 yards a catch or something right yeah, now. Yeah, I looked it up earlier. It's, an, it's, it's close There's to that. There's some silly number he's putting up right now. Anyway, there it is, Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts? It's funny that that play, I knew that play was probably going to be in there, but the Katie Cinco Ranch game when the uh-huh. when it hit the official. So we were, uh, we tapped into that game when that happened on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Tonight. And uh, we then had to cut to Gavin making a face because he watched it happen and instantly his mouth just drops open. Um, And so we were able to cut in and see his reaction to that play. But if you like reaction like that, uh, watch Dave Campbell's Texas Football tonight on Friday nights streaming for free on Dave Campbell's Texan Live. And on YouTube. Make sure you go watch that. That's coming up again. They're doing it again this week. We just keep doing it. I kept asking. I asked her. I was like, you guys going to do it again? She's like, yeah, we'll do it again. I was like, really? Yeah. Amazing. You can't stop us now. Dave Campbell's Texan, uh, Texas Football Tonight coming up Friday, 730 on Texanlive.com. It's going to do for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Matthew Bruni of The Green Room on the Republican Football Podcast Network and the Hall of Famer Craig Way for being our guests. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy that Republican football put on the floor. See you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.